Welcome to the PayFac Embedded Payments Podcast, brought to you by Payrix. As payments and software experts that eat, sleep, and breathe embedded payments, we're as passionate about you as you are about your customers. Each podcast episode will provide insights about embedded payments designed to help you fuel the transformation and growth of your software business. You'll learn from industry experts, Payrix customers, and leaders on the Payrix team about the latest trends, best practices, and real-world guidance from payments experts to help you take your software platform higher. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the PayFAC, the Embedded Payments Podcast brought to you by Payrix and WorldPay for Platforms. I'm your host, Bob Butler, and today I'm going to be talking with Richard Drake, the Senior Strategic Partner Manager for PayFact developers here at WorldPay for Platforms. And we're gonna be speaking about the world of payment facilitation or what we all like to call PayFact. Hi, Richard, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bob, uh, pleasure to be here. Always happy to talk about what's going on in PayFact land. Fantastic. Well, I'm really excited to dive into the world of PayFact today. You know, some listeners may not be aware, but when Payrix was acquired under the WorldPay line of business, It meant that software companies now have a one-stop shop for all their payment needs. Every payment need a software company might have is bundled under the World Pay for Platforms banner. And we meet software companies wherever they are in their payments journey. This is such an exciting topic that we're making it into a two-part series. But before we go into full payback mode here, Richard, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? and your software and payments background? Yeah, sure. Happy to do so. Um, I spent the first uh, 20 plus years of my career selling point of sale systems in the dry cleaning space. And then in the early uh, 2000s, went ahead and pivoted over to payments. Started with what was then RBS Link in 2005, moved to what was then Fifth Third Processing Solutions in 2007. And then uh, with a colleague, started FTPS Government Services in 2009. And that's what's morphed into the PayFAC team that we have today. I actually left in 2011 to go work for a payment facilitator here in Cincinnati, a company called EasyPay, doing online payments for schools, and then returned to what was then Vantive in uh, 2015. I'm, a, as you mentioned, a strategic partner manager, manage about 20 clients from a contractual and strategic perspective that sit on the world pay rails. Richard, now that WorldPay for Platforms has such a robust offering for software companies, what gets you most excited about that for software companies and PayFact developers? Yeah, I I think it's such a great fit for us now. So we're able to do from beginning to end. So certainly we've been offering the payment facilitator model since 2010. We at Vantive, then Vantive got into the referral space in 2014, with an acquisition, but we never had that middle ground, right? We never had the ability between referral and full-blown payment facilitator, and we now have that. With the Payrix acquisition, Bob, as you may remember, I texted you on on that day and congratulated you and said this is a big win for WorldPay uh, from FIS, and it definitely was. And as you're well aware, right, I managed uh, Payrix as a client, so I got to see what you did, how you did it, and who you did it for. So but to be able to bring Payrix, quote, into the fold and give us that middle ground, that, quote, payback on us, it was a huge win for us couldn't agree more. And it was super exciting for me. And it was super exciting that I got to work with you both as a 
client and now as a colleague. But I think what would be great is, can you tell the audience a little bit about what is a Payfact developer and how does a software company know they're ready to even be a Payfact? Yeah, so this is the really interesting part, right? The good news Everybody wants to be a payfac because everybody wants to own the relationship and the payments experience. So a, cu- a couple of thoughts here. First of all, you got to have a decent volume, right? You got to have a lot of volume that's processing through the rails. There's costs associated with being a registered payment facilitator. And if you don't have uh, enough volume to generate the revenue to offset those costs, then it doesn't make a lot of sense. Also would like to see and, and, and suggest that you need an experienced payments risk person. For example, at Pyrex, you had Billy Joe, right? Billy Joe, a fantastic, unique set of skills when it came to onboarding submerchants and verifying who they are, what they're doing, and are they really who they say they are? So I've certainly seen some feedback around that, you know, as long as you're in a, a vertical market, you're, you're a good, safe prospect to be a payment facilitator. But I can certainly tell you from experience that even highly verticalized software companies don't necessarily have what it takes to manage the payments risk. They're also going to be owning the relationship. So they've got to be able to have the support infrastructure right? There's going to be questions around chargebacks and settlements and billing and things like that. So you've got to have a team that's ready to go to answer that phone. Because remember, when you're a payment facilitator, while we're on the back end, while we're your engine, those submerchants really have no idea who we are, right? Because the payment facilitator is providing the infrastructure, the support, and, and has the relationship with the submerchant. You know, I've heard some players in the space say that vertical payments aren't risky and you touched on that. So I want to I want to go back to that for one second. You know, has that been your experience? Most of the time vertical uh, software payments have been a very quote safe place to operate in. But I've also uh, un- unfortunately uh, over the years seen some examples where even a, a highly verticalized software uh, provider can uh, not necessarily get into trouble but can certainly uh, uh, get into a market that perhaps they shouldn't be in to begin with. Well, you know, you've worked in the Payfax space for such a long time. If you were a developer, why would you choose World Pay for Platforms for your payment facilitation needs? Well, obviously I'm biased, but I certainly think we're the best, right? We were a pioneer in building out this product. We started it in 2010. By the way, we have the trademark for Payfac. And we have, a, in my opinion, the best and, and the most superior support team in the industry. Highly focused on payment facilitators, whether it's from the risk side, pricing side, whether it's from the support side, and especially the strategic side, right? The part that I'm in, where we're able to work with our clients, give them the benefit of the knowledge that we have with working with a, with a very large number of payment facilitators, sometimes in the same vertical market, and sometimes in a, in a different market. But to have all of that knowledge at their, quote, beck and call, ready to go. So when a, a payment facilitator comes to me, and a lot of times it's, hey, Richard, we want to do this, or we want to do that. What do you think about that? We're there as their sounding board to give them the advice they need on what we may or may not have seen that has worked out there in, in the ecosystem. What's the biggest misconception around becoming a payback? I, th- I think it's that the software companies think this is going to be easy. Payments is hard, and Payfac is payments on steroids. You know, we're turning these software companies into mini acquirers, basically mini versions of us at WorldPay. 
And, and there's a perception that comes with this that it's going to be straightforward. Just going to reach out to your, you know, your existing book of business, you know, maybe send an email and, and that portfolio will easily move over. While we've got a lot of experience with, with helping with portfolio moves at, at, at scale, there's certainly no overnight successes, right? So there, there's definitely some things to think about there. Well, once a software company has determined that Payfac, going the Payfac route, is the right fit for their business, how do you guide them on choosing the right payments products for their business? Yeah, a good example of this is just last week. I was sitting down with one of my clients. We were talking about how they're doing, their processing right now, and what they wanted to do in the future. And what they talked about is while they don't offer it right now, there's certainly a need for them to offer recurring payments. Now, obviously, every payment facilitator is different. Some of them may be doing recurring payments right out of the door. But for the ones that are not, for example, it leads to a conversation around security tokens, network tokens, and also account updater, right? Uh, updating the card on file so that there's a best opportunity to get those authorizations. Because obviously, without an authorization and a settlement, then, you, then you're missing out on that payment. And sometimes when you miss out on a payment, you miss out on it forever, which doesn't do any of us any good. So I think there's definitely some technology and there's some strategy that we can bring to the table here. No, that's fantastic. And I can tell you from my own experience working with you over the years that that was the case. Before we were part of WorldPay, you were a fantastic partner to us and, and really helped us in that regard. I really appreciate you being on the show today, Richard. Any last pieces of advice that you'd like to leave for a software company? Yeah, I'd, I'd ask a software companies to think about the sort of the payments ecosystem, especially the Payfac payment facilitation ecosystem. I like to describe it as not being fragile right up until the point where it is fragile. And that when you're a payment facilitator, it's going to sound like a cliche, but when you've got that great power, you have a, a great responsibility that comes along with that. Also, think about when I talked earlier about portfolio moves. So when you're looking to entice those uh, those merchants to move over under your PFAC program, that's going to involve carrots and sticks, right? It's going to involve incentives and then perhaps sometimes a nudge or uh, sometimes a push to move over. So you really need to start thinking about what incentives and uh, what carrots and sticks am I going to be using to help my portfolio move over under my newly formed PFAC program. And that's where you really need a good commercial team that understands payments and can help bring the sticks and the carrots. Well, Richard, I really want to thank you for being on the show today. Thanks, Bob. I had a great time. You know, I've spent a lot of time with you over the last, well, at least five years. And I know we are both big believers in sharing knowledge and experience. So once again, I really appreciate you joining us today for the part one of the world of PayFact. We want to be a trusted resource for software providers who are out there trying to make sense of embedded payments and finance and to help them get the education they need to make the business decisions their customers and investors will thank them for. Thank you for joining us today on the PayFact Embedded Payments Podcast brought to you by Payrix. For more information about embedded payments, subscribe to our show at payrix.com slash podcasts.